well, I, I think we're starting to put things on the ground where people are starting to change their mind and maybe talk about Mansfield more favourably than they have done in the past. Well, it's not in the north And it's not in the south In fact, it's bang in the middle I said, hey, you Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire Welcome once again to Mansfield is a Town in North Nottinghamshire, the podcast about all things Mansfield, or at least some things Mansfield, or at any rate, two things Mansfield, the town's past and the town's future, which when you think about it are quite big things, especially in a period of change and regeneration. This podcast is about what Mansfield has been and what it's going to be in 10, 20 and 50 years time. In fact, we're going to take you forward to Mansfield in the year 6,593, but not today, We can't afford the petrol. This episode is presented by me, Robert Shaw, and my mother. Say hello, Mum. Hello, Mum. The Dumtish. We are eternally unchanging. We've called the podcast Mansfield is a Town in North Nottinghamshire because it's about Mansfield, which is a town in North Nottinghamshire. This is important because there are lots of other Mansfields and we want to avoid confusion. We want to make it clear, for instance, that we are not talking about Mansfield College, the educational establishment founded in Birmingham in 1838 and now part of Oxford University. And we are not talking about Mansfield Park, the novel by Jane Austen, first published in 1814, much as Fanny Price is a great character and deserving of deep analysis. And we are not talking about any of the other multitude of towns called Mansfield, such as Mansfield, a town in the foothills of the Victorian Alps in Australia. This is important because if you wanted to regenerate Mansfield in Victoria, Australia, which is a support town for the skiing resort of Mount Buller, you'd probably say something like, we need more snow and we need more skis. Now, a lot of snow wouldn't help much in Mansfield, a town in North Nottinghamshire. For one thing, all the trains to Nottingham would be cancelled, snow on the tracks, and the locals would be so surprised and delighted to suddenly find themselves in a winter wonderland, they'd probably stop all essential services to have a big snowball fight. It could be fun, but also, you know, cataclysmic. Now, Mum, actually, on the subject of, uh, of snow, how would you feel if you had a pair of skis to get into town on a Tuesday? Would that work for you, rather than taking the bus? Well, no, really, because I'm very wonky on them. Because you're, you're quite wonky just walking, aren't you, really? I'm wonky walking. That's right. But you did grow up in quite a mountainous region, didn't you? In the oh, yes. hills of Blidworth. It was a good skiing area. It was, and all the miners would go skiing, wouldn't they, at the weekend? Of course they would. You know, Mansfield could certainly, if we had a lot of snow, it, it could reinvent itself as a sort of skiing resort. Of course it could, because of where it is. Where is it? It's a town in North Nottinghamshire. Very good. Right, down to business. Mansfield is changing. It is in a period of, open quotation marks, regeneration, close quotation marks. And of course, and of course, that happens in large part as a result of the people of Mansfield doing 
new and interesting things. But it is also about the various authorities that govern and organise life in Mansfield, coming up with good plans and implementing them effectively. Later we'll be talking to one of the key figures in the shaping of Mansfield's future, the town's elected mayor, Andy Abrahams. He has some really interesting things to say as he takes me on a tour of the town. First, though, by way of context for all this talk of civic change, a little bit of history. Today, matters in Mansfield are pretty much managed by the power triumvirate of district council, county council and MPs. But how about in the deep past? How was Mansfield governed then? I talked to local historian and heritage consultant Dennis Hill about this very question. I began by asking him about the first mentions of Mansfield. The first real knowledge of Mansfield itself dates back to, uh, should we say, about 500 AD. Although we do know, of course, that there was a Roman settlement in just outside of Mansfield, in Mansfield Woodhouse. So we can perhaps assume there was some form of settlements here from at least the Roman times. OK, but we think the name, though, or the sort of the beginning of the name is around 500 AD. You said that? Yeah, that, that's probably about right. What we, from what we know of, yes. In the post-Roman period, at the beginning, how how is it uh, how is it governed? Who's in charge? Is there an MP? <laughs> no, I don't think they had MPs in those days. Um, what we can gather is that after the Romans departed, uh, very much uh, we went into a, a tribal situation. Of course, the England, as we know, it wasn't established and there were several kingdoms and those kingdoms were split up into local tribes. Um, from what we can see is that um, a location called Hamilton Hill, just outside of Mansfield near the Kingsmill Reservoir, was possibly a meeting place for the local tribal leaders to get together and to discuss how they're getting on with one another and to discuss various rules and laws and so on. So that's possibly the earliest uh, that we know after the Roman period. Okay, and then moving forward, then what happens next? We go into sort of medieval period and uh, the Tudor period. Who's in charge then? Is it? Is well, it that's, that, that's right. We get the establishment of uh, England and uh, with the establishment of England, we get what we call the feudal system being set up all across the country where basically the king owns everything and then he sets it out that uh, the manors all across the country are rolled over by a lord of the manor who is known as an overlord, but he might own, under the direction of the king, 100, two, 300 manors, and they would have what they call underlords set up in each of the manors throughout the country. But Mansfield was a little bit of an exception to the rule. It was under the feudal system, but it didn't actually have an overlord. It went straight from the king to an underlord. In other words, the king owned Mansfield directly and he kept control of it directly himself, establishing just underlords working directly underneath him. Okay, and do we know the reason for that? Was the king particularly interested in Mansfield? I mean, you know, a special place in his heart? or Well, what we think is that Mansfield with its associations to Sherwood Forest. And of course, Sherwood Forest was a favour to the hunting grounds of the kings. And we think that the connection will be there where he wanted to continue 
is control. As we previously mentioned, that uh, Mansfield wasn't the geographical centre of Sherwood Forest, but it was probably the commercial centre of the Sherwood Forest region, which would make it a prime spot for the king to have direct control. Right. Okay. So um, Mansfield is an exception. Uh, we like that, probably. It's an exception in a good way, and it has an underlord directly answerable to, to the king, because um, I think it is a king. So then we get to the sort of time of Queen Elizabeth. Do things change in Elizabeth's time, or is it, is it just after that? It, it was still the same in uh, Queen Elizabeth's time, and it really is actually the year after her death when the uh, manor in 1602 was sold to the Earl of Shrewsbury. So it no longer was even the king's property. The feudal system had long since um, dissipated across the old country. So it was sold lock, stock and barrel to a private uh, landlord, if you like, the Earl of Shrewsbury. And how is it run then at this time then? So we before we've had an underlord, now what do we we have. Now what we've got is just literally one owner who is the lord of the manor, the Earl of Shrewsbury, who incidentally, he died a few years later and his family sold it on to the Cavendish family. But, you know, by and by things uh, carried on the same there. So they was operating under what we call the manorial system, where there were several different types of manorial courts. One court would control land and property. One would control crime and punishment, and others would control the bureaucracy, if you like, of uh, the running of the uh, manor. So everything was being controlled at this particular time directly by the Lord of the Manor. And then does it pass again to the Portland family? Yes, that's right. Uh, by the middle of the 1700s, the uh, Portland family came on the scene through marriage and uh, the old manor passed on to them, which is what we mostly know the Lord of the Manor to be, the Dukes of Portland. That's the local tradition in Mansfield. At the same time as well, we, we will point out that the church all across the country, the Church of England, was also taking on responsibilities for various aspects. So the church and the Lords of the Manors would be working side by side. For instance, the church looked after the poor people in particular, and they looked after the, what we call the settlement of the poor people. In other words, a movement, whether they could move from one town to another, was very much regulated, right. and the church took this responsibility on. And who is in charge of the roads? The roads, again, is an interesting point, because uh, many of the roads... At this time, by the mid-1700s, they're coming into turnpike roads, the main roads, where the subscriptions or the fees, should we say, from travelling along the roads, paid for those roads. But the minor roads were the responsibility of the church, also surprisingly enough. So they employed overseers of the high roads. And those overseers had the responsibility to make sure that these roads were kept up to scratch and in good repair. Okay, so that's a bit, so they, they've got the role of Knott's uh, County Council at that time. And certainly in that respect, they have, absolutely. 
But I think now the county council has has responsibility for the roads, doesn't it? The main roads. Um, All the main roads, yes, they do. I'm not quite sure where they draw the line, what's the main road and what's the side road, but they certainly have all that responsibility, yes. Now, the 19th century obviously is a, uh, you know, brings all sorts of revolutions generally in the sort of organisation and government of the country. What what happens in Mansfield in the 19th century with, this is obviously the moment of the Industrial Revolution, isn't it, where the kind of industries that are going on change greatly? Yes, it is. The Industrial Revolution is going great guns. And uh, Mansfield, to some extent, uh, it's highs and lows. At the start of the Industrial Revolution, let's say the late 1700s, it had a real good high with all its mills producing cotton and uh, bringing in uh, great prosperity into the town. Uh, but then it was cut off from the rest of the country when the rest of the country were producing a network of canals. Mansfield didn't have one. It was cut off. So it went into a depression, uh, which did cause problems. And at this same period of time, in the early 1800s we're now coming into, the government set up an option where we could create an improvement commission. And this is like a very early form of a local authority. And this improvement commission, if it was established, would take over many of the responsibilities of both the church and the manor. So Mansfield, they applied to be able to establish an improvement commission. And this is with the support of the Duke of Portland, who was the Lord of the Manor, and the support of the church. And permission was granted. And at the back end of 1823, uh, the official documentations were approved and the improvement commission was established. Okay. I, the improvement I, commission then is a, is a really important moment in Mansfield's history, is that right? It is because it's the first time that the people of Mansfield were directly able to govern what was happening to their roads, to their uh, the way that they lived, uh, to their sanitation and uh, many other aspects. They were now given the direct responsibility and rights to be able to make these controls. And they were actually the only non-county town in all of these Midlands to ever be granted the status of an improvement commission. So again, Greenfield is exceptional in that way. Yes, absolutely. Now, whether other towns were denied or whether they never applied, I can't comment on that, but certainly Mansfield was the only non-county town to be given this uh, right. That was Dennis Hill. So now we're going to bring things up to the present and talk to Andy Abrahams, Mansfield's elected mayor. He heads the district council and is key to determining the town's direction of travel. Um, now, Mum, after you retired from your work as a pit pony, um, you worked for Mansfield Meals on Wheels, didn't you? Was that I did. the uh, district council or was it the county council? I find it quite confusing sometimes. It was the county council. And uh, what was that like as an experience? It was very good. Good people to work with. And, of course, you brought quite a few of them yourself, didn't you? All your sisters, all 25 of them. Of course I did. I brought a full staff in. And your brother, one of your brothers? And my brother, yes. And and did they allow anybody else to work there at the time, or was it entirely taken up with...? It was taken up by completely by who I brought in. 
that's not true though is it? you also had the old the former hangman oh i had the former hangman yes do you remember our sitcom idea we were going to have it set in uh, a meals on wheels kitchen and you'd have yes. all the drivers all the excited banter about you know we'd been out to see mr so and so wherever and then and then the hangman former hangman um comes in he's singing a song beautiful singing voice um, tells you how much rope it would take to hang you, and then uh, you carry on with business. In uh... yes, it was really, really good. It's beautiful, and it would be hilarious as a sitcom. And um, and I'm really looking. It would actually. Yeah. Anyway, um, all the meals were delivered by van drivers, weren't they? But what yes. I want to ask you now is, if Mansfield, you know, were um, more like um, Mansfield in Australia, uh, in the foothills of the Victorian Alps. Um, Perhaps deliveries could be carried out by people on skis. Would that be better? Um, I don't think so. Why not? Because I think a lot of the drivers were wobbly as well. Ah, yes. Yes, you'd need more experienced skiers as well, wouldn't you? So you'd have you'd some need some... Yes. Yeah. Yes. They were better off to have, to have skis on the wheels of their cars. Ah, very good. Very good. I like that. That's a that good would have been better. Good. Okay, well, um, so if Mansfield does become a ski resort, this is the way forward for some of the essential services. Of course it is. Now, time for the mayor to take me on a tour of Mansfield. But first, an advertisement about one of the most exciting events ever to take place in Mansfield. Don't you dare miss it, y'all. Get ready to rock this summer as Bobby and the Midlanders' Megator arrives at the new Mansfield Arena. Do the mashed potato as Bobby and his crew perform all their hits, including... Mansfield is a town in Nottinghamshire. Jive, Foxtrot and Lindy Hop too. Mansfield is a town in Nottinghamshire. And headbang yourself into mindless oblivion to... Mansfield is a town in Nottinghamshire. So buy your tickets now and be ready to... So here we are then in market uh, in the marketplace. And I'm here with uh, Mansfield's elected mayor, Andy Abrahams. How do I, uh, how do I address you, mayor? Uh, mayor Andy? Well, I often go by Mayor Andy because I kind of um, want it to be less formal in, in some, some respects. I don't want people to think uh, they've got barriers. So, yeah, that, that's great. And you've not got any ceremonial chains on this morning. I like that. No, uh, I mean, uh, the ceremonial chains are absolutely fantastic. Uh, they go back to the Duke of Portland. And uh, uh, I've got to admit, when I go to um, formal events, there's a lot of chain envy. Our chain is absolutely the business. And so uh, in the appropriate occasions, I wear it. But sometimes, obviously, when just doing visits, like if you go to a nursing home or, or children, they love the chains. And uh, it, it's the magic that makes the difference between the visit being quite ordinary and something for them that seems quite magical. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas this morning you've turned up in your cycling gear, you've arrived on a bicycle, chained it outside the town hall. But, yeah, that's right. But I generally uh, like to promote this kind of a healthy kind of environmental uh, idea. Short journeys, take your bike, um, and also, you know, less pollution. I think we need to 
explain, you know, what is a mayor, an elected mayor, which is what you are, you were elected in uh, 2019. Yes. Um, what, what, what powers does that give you? It gives you the, the right to wear the chain sometimes, and, and a hat as well, is there a hat? Oh, no hat, I'm, no I'm hat. quite pleased about this, there's no hat actually. <laughs> okay, but it gives you the right to wear the chain, but also, what other powers does it give? Yeah, it's quite uh, strange, Mansfield was kind of ahead uh, of the curve, it's more than 16, 19 years ago, they, they first introduced an elected mayor and uh, it, it has executive powers. So what does that actually mean? We have a, 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 a cabinet that's like similar to the cabinet in government, obviously a lot smaller. And we have portfolio holders who have uh, distinct responsibilities, be it for finance, be it for housing, health and well-being, the environment. And so the, the, the way that things are, are decided on decisions I make a policy based on the manifesto I got elected on and then those powers come down to the portfolio holders to deliver the things that we, we said we were going to do. I want to ask you a bit about yourself. You've got quite an interesting background. Uh, you grew up in Mansfield on the Ladybrook Estate, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I lived on the Ladybrook Estate from the age of four. Um, I went to Ladybrook uh, uh, the primary junior school. Uh, my mum was a cleaner, my dad uh, was, uh, worked at Crown, Fort, Crown Farm uh, on the pit top, but previously worked at the hosiery mills, got made redundant, and I went to Queen Elizabeth's Grammar School when it was an all-boys grammar school. Quags. Quags, as it, yeah, that's right, Quags. <laughs> as we uh, call it. That's as we call it, yeah. you have to be careful nowadays because uh, that, that means uh, a girls, it's related to, to being a, a, a girls' school now, I think, or something. There's something about quags in the past that doesn't quite mean the same thing now. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I shall be careful then. Um, so then you, um, you trained as a civil engineer, is that right? Yeah, I started my work career at Ashfield District Council. So I used to uh, run down Brickkill Lane, jump on the bus to um, Sutton. I did two and a half years and uh, I had day release and an evening um, at Baseford Hall College and from that I decided I wanted to spread my, spread my wings, advance a little bit and I went to Sheffield Polytechnic as it was to do a uh, civil engineering course. Right and you were one of the people responsible for the Channel Tunnel, you were trying to make your way to, to France obviously at that point? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, civil engineering, very exciting career. I mean, uh, the, the, the term gets used quite uh, all over the place. But, you know, it's uh, designing bridges, it's planning routes, it's transportation. And one of the more exciting schemes I uh, worked on was the route feasibility from the centre of London to try and get to Paris in under two hours. And, uh, yeah, very exciting, very interesting. But going all the way back to Ashfield District Council when I was doing streetlight surveys and lifting up uh, manholes and sewers and measuring pipes, that all those aspects come in, into my job today. And then you, at what age did you retrain then as a teacher? Yeah, it was absolute madness, really. Uh, you know, um, sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my wife, really, she deserves so many medals. Um, so uh, around the age of 44, I got four children and was still bringing them up. Um, I was uh, a chartered civil engineer, earning quite a considerable amount of money. But I I'd had this hankering after uh, being a teacher and giving something back. So that's when I uh, packed in it with the uh, and uh, 
went, went back and did a PGCA in secondary education, maths. Right. And then where did you teach? Yeah, so for six and a half years, I work, worked uh, and taught at Genogli Academy, which uh, is in the Forest Fields area of Nottingham, a very uh, socially deprived area, very challenging area, uh, where I learned to cut my teeth. And uh, then I worked at Sutton Centre right. as the head of maths. Okay. And what did that show you? What world did that reveal to you? Yeah, well, well, in some respects, it, it sort of goes back to what was what was my reasoning, what was my inspiration for doing that, and really, it comes back to you know I'm, I'm a lad off a council estate, and my big passion is to be able to uh, help uh, the skills and education and life opportunities of young people. That, that's that, that's the driver. Um, but uh, people say to me, like, oh, you know, uh, the mayor's job, it, it must be really challenging. Well, it, it is really challenging, but it's nowhere near as challenging as starting off again uh, in secondary education in a very challenging area, you know, in, in your mid-40s. What is the grand plan to rival, you know, the Channel Tunnel? You did the Channel Tunnel before, yeah. and now it's Mansfield. Yeah, so just looking around now, this, this marketplace is absolutely fantastic. And uh, you can see uh, the town hall has been brought back into use. Uh, there are all the uh, shops within it are taken. Unique, single traders, you know, they're offering something different. And it's a fantastic place for events. Uh, when I was growing up, obviously, it, it was full of marketeers. I used to do the football post from the office there and run across at six o'clock and I could sell a hundred papers in this marketplace. It was so rammed. Yeah. But obviously not quite the same today. So we've got to find the right balance between uh, the past and the, and the market, but using this as a platform for big major entertainment events that will bring visitors into the town. So we've got uh, the full shebang coming in September, which is an alternative arts festival absolutely brilliant and it'll be in this area acrobatics dancing singing spread all the way uh, along west westgate and draw people in the tour of britain coming in september so what's the tour of britain it's the, it's the it's the cycle race the type okay. uh, okay. the, the round britain uh, cycle race and it's it's about uh, 18 kilometers of it, is it passing through our district and then it will uh, end up uh, in the Civic Centre. But it's going to be uh, national, on the TV, promoting the town. But this marketplace, this square, is a fantastic hub and we should be showing it off. The buildings are brilliant. Any other plans for then the market square? What else are you going to be doing here? Well, um, one of the major things that's happening is uh, we are being used by Seven Trent Water Authority for an absolutely unique scheme for flood alleviation. So on the face of that, it, that might sound quite boring, but what it actually means is there's £75 million worth of investment in Mansfield. And what we're going to do is, is, as you can see all around us, is hard surfacing. And what's been happening all the way around the district, uh, uh, the entries into the town centre, which is one of the lowest parts, is hard surfacing. So what we're going to do is uh, green it up. We're going to intercept that water uh, by um, putting in uh, uh, different kinds of 
more, more actual greenery, trees, uh, underground, uh, soak, soak away things. So you come back to this same place in maybe nine months time, you'll see on the far side of, so we're of the town hall. Early 2023. Yeah, early 2023, you're going yeah. to see a memorial garden as the entrance at the back of the town hall. As you come from the bus station, walk down, and, and it'll be a place to sit and dwell. There's going to be planting, and we'll be capturing all the water off the top of the bus station and all that hard surfacing and intercepting it. So what we're doing is we're greening the town up at the same time we are preventing flooding. A lot of people have moved into Mansfield in the past decade. I mean, it is an area of sort of residential growth, the wider area. Lots of people are moving in. I often wonder whether people who moved into the area actually ever come into the town centre. Yeah, and um, in this, in that respect, you know, it's it's Mansfield's area. Uh, this area, it's it's our turn uh, with regard to we've got some of the cheapest housing prices in the country. So the market drives the situation. So Mansfield's become. An, an attractive prospect at Ashfield, of course, um, for housing. Uh, so people are moving up because they can see they can get uh, so much more money, uh, so much more house for their money in, in, in this area. Uh, and so those people, they, they don't really know about the past history of Mansfield. So it could just come back to what I was saying before. We've got a big programme of events and we're whilst we're always trying to uh, maintain the history of Mansfield with the market and the mining. We've got to sell Mansfield really as, as, a, as a green, uh, friendly place where people want to come and enjoy entertainment. And we're, we've got a massive programme that we're putting in to attract people and get their attention. Sounds very exciting. Right, what next? Right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go, because um, it's part of the Town Centre Master Plan, some of the more strategic sites where it's going to make a massive difference. So we're going to go to the old co-op co building back in my day, uh, but the more frequently known as the Beals building, yep. that is the centre of our levelling up bid for Mansfield, £20 million. As you can see, uh, th this is uh, sort of what we call an art, art deco kind of architecture. And it's very... Uh, fondly thought of you know it, it's, it's part of people's growing up we were talking about the co-op and then then Beals so uh, thinking environmentally and cost wise we, this will end up being a refurbished place and we're going it's called the project's called Mansfield Connect and and the the basic idea is is to get people coming back into the town centre for front facing services so it's things that people really do need we talked about uh, the way that covid has changed the world where people are working more remotely and hi hybridly but people still need to see people about problems so it's not it's we're, we're, we're thinking of bringing obviously uh, members from the council staff from from the, the civic center uh, but people from the department of work and pensions from the council, maybe social services, um, um, not strength uh, uh, education, but we want to make it like a business hub as well. And also, hopefully on the ground floor, there's gonna be things like um, uh, 
the video sports games that attract young people because Mansfield is a growing university town under the Nottingham Trent un un umbrella. Uh, Nottingham Trent are established uh, at, uh, on West Knox College now. We've got a... Your West Knox Tech, what is it called? Uh, yeah, Vision West Knox College. Vision West Knox <laughs> yeah, College. Yeah, you see, um, of our age, we kind of refer, <laughs> revert back to the, the old phrase. They're going to have to rewire my, uh, rewire my brain. Uh, yeah, brain. well, rewire my own as well, inadvertently there, yeah. Vision West Knox College. Um, but uh, we've already got more than 400 uh, nursing uh, degree places being... At, at, at Nottingham Trent University, being trained at Kingsmill Hospital. With the old Chesterfield College is now open there, and we are building a, a, an additional uh, future tech uh, addition to that college to bring uh, courses that we need for the future. You already can see uh, the change of the flow of young people from West Knotts, uh, from the old Chesterfield roadside through into town. We get a business hub here and uh, new technologies and attraction in the Beals site. You've, you've got a different mix of people which brings different hospitality, different entertainment into the town. It draws and starts to change the way the place feels. So as you say, you've got this great building, which is a, so it is a 30s building, was it? It was put up in the 30s? Yes. Yeah. And where does the money come from, actually? To... Yeah, so... It's not in bad shape, but obviously there's some work to be done. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a lot from your, your money these days. Everybody actually knows now we're in a... a, a, a construction industry has got like 25% inflation right now. So where does the money come from? So first of all, we didn't own this site. So uh, you, you would say, um, I've had to borrow, to buy, to purchase this site. Um, but it, it's, it's so it can be put forward as part of a 20 million pound levelling up from the government, for which we need to match fund by 10%. If we didn't have the site, government would have said, well, you know, it's a bit of a pipe dream. So that 10% match fund we borrowed to show we've got the site. We've been talking with all the partners I've been speaking with, including health as well. And we're putting our business plan together. And on the 2nd of July, we'll send that off to government because without the uh, remaining 18 million that's going to come from government, or 20 billion, uh, th there's no way that, 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 that this project will uh, go forward. Um, but I say to people, well, I've got, I've got an asset, you know, it's like when you buy your house or buy some land, you know, it's a major part of our plan. It ticks all the government uh, requirements for regenerating towns. So I'm ever hopeful, but I have been there before. So the council now owns this building anyway? We right? own this building, yeah. But it is a, it is a really fine building, actually. It's, it's kind of a pity about the way that things stand in front of it. It would be, you know, if you could just see it on the market square and you could really just take in the facade. Yes. You know, you go, oh, actually, I'd, I'd never looked at the deco feature yeah. spot, Yet, that, actually, the detailer. That's right. And what you've just said is actually absolutely true for many, many buildings in Mansfield around Marketplace. People are too busy looking on the ground, rushing from A to B. 
we're going to do things to make people look up and appreciate. And that includes around the corner where I was talking about what we we're wanting to do as soon as we can, if we're successful, is remove these bridges because they like it's like a concrete alleyway. You know, it's, it's dark. It's a bit threatening at, at night. But what we're going to be doing is, uh, as part of our, we call it urban greening. We are going to be putting some more planting, more sympathetic lighting to improve this area. And hopefully, some of this building uh, will, will, will open up, right? Yeah. Uh, some of it will be demolished and become green space. And there might become a pathway from Stocklegate, another route through. So, you know, it will change the whole perception. And we were, we're looking now backwards towards uh, where the old bus station would be. So again there, that has been a symbol of Mansfield's demise really. Again, for quite a few years, you drive down from Sutton Road, that main artery, and, and you just saw this sad old uh, building at the bus station. We've now got uh, Taco Bell, different eateries, and hopefully uh, later on in the year, we'll, we'll start on building a hotel in the center of town. The demand is there. Visitors come to Mansfield, they've got somewhere to stay. And then this is where private enterprise, you know, they're, they're going to be first to see, oh yeah, we've got, we've got an audience here. And, and this is where we'll get the different entertainment, the different eateries. And then people will say, oh, I have got a reason to come to Mansfield. Because that's when I was being elected, they're going, to, why would I ever want to go into Mansfield? Well, I, I think we're starting to put things on the ground where people are starting to change their mind. And maybe talk about Mansfield more favorably than they have done in the past. What next? Uh, we'll go and have a look at the old White Hart Street by the, our fantastic viaduct. It's not that uh, people don't appreciate the viaduct, but I'm the same. You're busy, you're going about your business, you've lived in Mansfield all your life, you don't often look up. Yeah. <laughs> it's only people who come to the town, they go, wow, that's just an incredible structure in the centre of our town. So we're walking down um, and we're on the corner now of White Hart, Hart Street there. That used to be the old football post office I was talking about, where you'd get your papers and you'd run yeah, down into the marketplace. I used to swoop into town on a Saturday evening around six o'clock with my dad. Yeah, the football post. that's right. Yeah, and that's where I used to earn my money doing paper rounds. Uh, but the football post was a, a big, big payer three pence it was at the time and you got one penny of it 33 percent that was a good rate of pay and what did you do with your money uh, I, I i bought my uh, levi stay press and my ben sherman so when i didn't have uh, my sad looking school blazer on i could look cool going out to um pop st john the disco and uh, things like that you know and uh, yeah so now we're on the corner dame flogan street so th this is part of the historical quarter. So some of these buildings, uh, we've got to make sure that we include in the, the design. This site itself, you know, we're talking 30 or 40 years of, of, of just sitting there. So again, I've had to be quite brave. I've uh, invested, I've, I've borrowed. Have you bought this as well? Bought this site because it, it was with, uh, private developers for, for years and years nothing was happening with it and uh, it was the major site I put forward in our future high streets fund 
Um, I hadn't got the site at the time. Uh, so including putting forward 12 and a half million pounds of match funding to try and get 25 million, um, one of the reasons they said is, well, you, you don't own the site, you know, it's just an aspiration. So that's incredibly frustrating. So I thought, well, I've got to do something about this. So did you buy the whole, what bit, so we're standing outside uh, 42 to 44 assured the station is. Yeah, it, um, so, 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 so the whole site, there are pockets of site under different ownership within in this, but I'm going to try and keep it simple. Sure. Uh, if you more or less go all, all the way down to uh, where the old post office used to be uh, on, on, on this side, and then all the way up to the corner, this is all 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 the, the site. So it's going to be a major housing development right. because what we want to do is bring people living back into the town centre as well because the big department stores you know Mansfield's just the same as many many towns and cities I went up to Edinburgh uh, in November uh, a little side story you know Queen Elizabeth uh, were the first school to ever put a play on in the Edinburgh Fringe and I went up there when I was 14 years old and I had never been off Ladybrook Estate and I saw the magnificent Edinburgh Castle and whatever and uh, you know I've, I, I fell in love with Edinburgh then and I, I go back uh, different times but the high street in Edinburgh was almost as sad as many many of the towns in Mansfield you know all the huge department stores closed just you know, I'm not de decrying them, but just the pound shops and this, that, and this. So you've got the magnificent castle, you've got the, the, the massive, you know, Princess Street, and, and it was sort of, you could see, it was suffering the same as, as everywhere else. So we have, the big department stores aren't coming back, so we've got to get people living here, we've got to get individual, more bespoke shops that people don't find in the out-of-town shopping centres once-in-a-lifetime opportunities you know people use it all the time but this is a once-in-a-lifetime in the sense that this has sat for years and I want to make sure that people go oh wow we've got something really quite special sitting on the edge of town as soon as you use that phrase that, that, that's money so I don't know 100% how I'm going to fund the aspiration but um, it's going to be first of all if you think we've got uh, you know we've got the swan there and the viaduct all these arches i'd love to envisage uh, like festivals uh, where they're like tram lines in, in sheffield you could maybe have a festival where different bands play uh, all kinds of alternative uh, vendors selling stuff you know can just see it along here you know it, it could be fantastic um, I've got this catchphrase from Mansfield green clean and healthy and I'm trying to build that into everything that, that we do I've got to ask you one of my favorite sorts of question which is I mean you set out a really amazing vision I think for, for Mansfield and what it could be massive funding required but and also just real determination and energy what is the most discouraging thing anybody has said to you about it <laughs> Right, okay. For me, 
the seven trend, 75 million pounds worth of investment. I mean, I, I'm, I'm scrapping like hell to get 20 million pounds and many, many from government and whatever. This is 75 million pounds coming into Mansfield, unique project, greening up the whole of the town, not costing anybody one penny. And I get like, whoa, what's the point of a, a load of planters that will just get destroyed by antisocial behavior and it'll cost us a load of money to maintain them. So th that, that can be a bit deflating, but it's my job to explain that, no, that's not the situation at all. And even on the maintenance of those, the seven Trent will be taking uh, responsibility for the maintenance of them into the future. So that scheme in itself could make Mansfield the green centre exemplar of uh, the whole of the country because it's a pilot scheme. They're, they're not doing it for nothing. It will save money in the long run from flood alleviation. It means that the existing sewer system can cope without building new. And they'll take that blueprint and they'll take it all over the country. And then they'll bring people to Mansfield to say, this is where we did it first. So, you know, that, that comparison to public perception of a few planters as they see it, to actually Mansfield being an exemplar green centre of the whole of England, you know, that, that's quite a, a, a different uh, um, perception that one person might have to, to how I, I actually see it. There is a, a big, a great proposition for uh, re-establishing Mansfield, which is, is actually, it is the centre of, of Sherwood Forest. There's actually a, a place that defines it, but people don't actually see it anymore. But when you think about... What is that place, remind us? Uh, it, it was just, it, it, it's marked in the centre of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was the old centre of Sherwood Forest. But when you talk about regenerating Mansfield, you, you know, you should be talking about uh, uh, Sherwood Pines, you should be talking about Plumber Park, you should be talking about Rufford Park, you should be talking about the Peak Districts, you know, which is like 45 minutes, but you say come to Mansfield and all these places are around you, so you've got to kind of uh, pitch a, a bigger picture uh, for Mansfield, and for people who, who've never been here before, you know a 20 minute journey out of a town centre to a beautiful you know, uh, uh, countryside it's nothing so we've got to lift our vision and aspiration on that side of things as well that was mansfield's mayor andy abrahams so obviously there we talked about the old co-op building um, and beals um and plans to bring those bring it back to life um how would you do that man what would your plans be for the old co-op building i would bring it back to what it was before because i liked it I liked it as a store. It had a, a it, it was very good. What was good about it? It had got everything in it, you know. Um, it had got electrical goods. It had got clothing. It had got, it had got, um, it had got a, a nice, uh, a, a nice restaurant. Yeah, the problem is that people do all their shopping online now, don't they? So they don't, they don't need a big department store anymore. And obviously, you know, you can still have a cafe. Even well, yeah. you can get delivered, can't you? You know, delivery. So therefore, then I would probably, I would probably get a lot of the online stuff. I cancel it. You cancel what the online stuff? Online. 
Oh, yes. so basically, you'd close down the internet. I'd close down the internet and bring the co-op back. Restore the co-op. Okay. <laughs> Which do you think would be the easiest to achieve, the reopening of the co-op or the closing down of the internet? The easiest to bring back the co-op. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right there. Right, time for the closing song, Mum. Are you ready to sing? I am. Good. You've been warming up as usual? Oh, yes. Doing your Freddie Mercury exercises? I certainly have been walking up and down. <laughs> That's the way to warm up to sing. Now, I explained um, earlier that we wouldn't be talking about Mansfield, the town in Victoria, Australia. But all the same, I don't see why you shouldn't sing about it. So, Mum, your challenge this time is to sing Mansfield is a town in Victoria, Australia. Scans reasonably well, kind of. Yes. I'll warm you up. It's not in the north. It's not in the south. In fact, it's bang in the middle. I said, hey up, gobba. Right, off you go. Mansfield is a town in Victoria, Australia. Uh huh. Ba 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 ba. Gone. You're sounding like a sheep. Come on, sing it one more time. Mansfield is a town in. <laughs> Where is it? Well, it's not in the north. Mansfield is a town in North Nottinghamshire. 